We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start. Start winning. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to fight me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bill's Podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Rock Pal Report Podcast. I am your host, Bill Season Ticket Holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. The Buffalo Bills, they they pull off an impressive win at home, and now we're one game away from holding court in the AFC East. Chris, you texted me and said that you wanted to start this show with a question. I did. I uh, spent my Thursday watching the Chiefs and Chargers game because I think that was more of an appealing game than uh, any of the NHL games because I do get to I do prefer once hockey season begins to watch hockey so I did make a point to watch the Chargers and Chiefs and you've been on the show calling McDermott milk toast and I've heard you say against certain teams we're not going to win with all these field goals you cool with what Brandon Staley was doing on Thursday well going for it for so all of those so, so this First is funny. downs. You you are a part down. of our DMs. So you get to see the conversation that we have with uh, the Ferguson brothers. Yeah. It's Blake and Reed Ferguson. You know, and I was like, guys, it's funny to me 
that all of these people and all of these fans who scream about go for it on fourth down, be smarter and have balls and blah, 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 blah. Well, if Brandon Staley had just taken one or two of those multiple opportunities he had to kick field goals, they'd probably win that game. Hashtag field goals matter. Now, I'm not going to tell you what they had to say in response to that because that's that, that's private. But the reality is, is that if Chris... I'm asking about you. Me personally. Yeah. After and, watching that... No, not in the moment. Oh, it's in the different, moment. It's different when you're... No, no. Because, after the game. Because it's once when you do it and you go, okay, they went forward and fourth down and they had a big conversion. That's great. Good. They kept a drive alive and they scored some points. It's another thing when you keep doing it. Because they had, they had, the fourth down conversion is one of the lowest lowest percentage plays in the NFL. I think they had uh, they left. Uh, I think it was three drives. They went for on fourth down inside the five, and they didn't they didn't get it. No. But then on the flip side, when they played Cleveland this year, they went for it. I think exclusively on fourth down in the fourth quarter and won that shootout. Okay, but it also goes, you're in a shootout with Cleveland. You've got bigger problems than. Ugh. But it also goes to the the play calls that you choose. True, and that's it. It's who, what talent do you have on hand? What play call? Like, there's layers to this thing. The idea of just go for it on fourth down. Well, yeah, but also, <laughs> Chris, uh, uh, fourth and three, you're going to go for it. Our team's afraid of you running the ball because if not, then that changes the way they're going to play you, and that means that that. That might not be so successful. I just, it all comes down to the team and the opportunity. And that one seemed crazy to me. And it's I was, why they lost. I was just watching it going, God, I wonder what what Drew would be like in this. Like, your head coach is like, ah, we're going for it. Fourth down. Fuck them. I need the touchdowns if I want to be in a, in a race with the uh, with the Chiefs. But how many times can you roll those dice? How many times? Not many. Brandon Staley found that out the hard way. You know who else found it out the hard way? Who? The Carolina Panthers. Here is your week 15 recap. The Buffalo Bills 31, the Panthers 14. Here's your stats of the week. Cam Newton, 18 to 38, 56%. One fifty-six, one touchdown, one interception, four sacks, and a 56.6 QBR. Now, here's what's interesting, Chris. One interception, four sacks, 56.6. Josh Allen, 19 to 35, 55%. He actually completed fewer, fewer of his passes than Cam Newton. 210 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, four sacks, 91.5 QBR. Cam throwing more than 10 air yards. He was two for 11 for 24 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, 5 of 7, 85 yards, which led all wide receivers, two touchdowns. The Panthers, five drives of more than three minutes time of possession, zero points scored on any of them. The Bills, two of over three minutes for the whole game. They scored touchdowns on both. Isn't that the measure of a game? You can have the ball all game long. If you don't put up points, <laughs> what are we doing here? 
Yeah, I was. You know, uh, I was surprised you didn't uh, try to run down to the field and try to kick field goals for the Panthers. Offer your services. We'll talk about that in a second. So, first of all, game day recap. Uh, well, what is it? I don't even know what to call him anymore. Uh, Major Tom, uh, Justin Yulberg. Justin Yulberg, his wife, they come into town. We, Chris, you met them. We went out to dinner. Yeah, that was. We went to. I met him. Uh, we all met at Neat Saturday night, which was not not a bad place. I not wish bad. They. Uh, I wish they weren't didn't serve their cocktails using poverty ice. <laughs> Here's my question: What the hell is anyone doing drinking booze and liquor and soup? Seem like a bad combination, and yet three people at our table did it. Three people who will rename who will remain unnamed. Eat soup with liquor. Tweet us at Rock Power Report. Who else out there thinks that this is bizarre? I well, not if it's bizarre. Also, tweet uh, what what type of cocktail pairs well with a soup. I don't think there's any. Hey, work for some people at the table. No, so the tailgate was fun because we get there. Now, here's a, here, this is what I love about Yulberg, though. Maybe he had a little soup with a little bit of whiskey. I listen, Justin. You had this coming to you. You did it. Short rib soup. I don't know what it is. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna eat it. But you did it. But the next day, they were there. Crack ass of dawn. At my house, they wanted the full Bills experience, and they got it. His wife slept in the truck while me and Justin set up the entire tailgate. Chris, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> me and Justin set up the tailgate. And it was it was cool, I think, for him to get to see the stadium with the lights lit up and just this is what we do every week. So it's almost commonplace at this point. But I, I wanted to show him that I wanted him to be able to see that. I'm glad he was there for it. But it was so much bigger. The Bill's helmet bar guys, Bill's helmet bar from Keswick, Ontario. It was a blast to meet them and have them see how we spend our Sundays after seeing all their photos on social media every single weekend. They came with Iman and his wife. Iman from uh, Q42. Jesus, I was going to say, I just choked in my spit. Guys, I've had a a couple beers. I don't know if you can tell. That's a good thing. Uh, Came with Iman and his wife. We decided that our groups between me and Iman are kind of like the tailgate version of the Wonder Twins. I mean, between myself, Mark, and the rest of the guys, we've amassed enough equipment just that we can, <laughs> we're prepared for any scenario. And we just have so much experience doing this that we can set up a comfortable atmosphere with all the bells and whistles that most people don't even know that they need or want at a tailgate until they show up and it's there. Like a fire pit under the tent. A propane fire pit under the tent It'll never melt the tent, but it'll make sure you've created a bubble where it's 15 degrees warmer than what it is outside. People are taking their coats off in there. That's money. That's what we do. I've got a DeWalt job site here waiting just in case it got too cold. I bring a smoker. I bring all kinds of stuff. (laughs) During the Monday Night Football game, I had a headlamp so I could pack the truck appropriately. Everyone's like, wait a minute, what is this? Yeah, this is what we do. This is... This is, I don't don't even know what to call it anymore. 
I'm just glad we get to share it with these people. And at the same time, Iman shows up and churns out some of the best grilled food you'll find anywhere in any parking lot across the stadium. Obviously, with all of his sauces that you can find at Q42, I think it's Q42Buffalo.com, Q42 Barbecue on Twitter, and we're going to be giving away some of his barbecue sauces and rubs this week as part of our festive celebration. But it's funny that, like, we put together one of the meanest tailgates when we combine forces that anybody's ever seen, and I, I make that an open challenge. Anybody, anywhere around the stadium listening to this, if you have a friend who tailgates hard and they don't listen, put it in the rear. Open challenge to anybody else who thinks they can do better than me and Iman. I, I, I don't think you can. Which you would be clearly Robin in that situation. Yeah, probably. Well, because he's genial. He's friendly. He's approachable. I'm just freewheeling with a beer in each hand, watching the smoker and yelling at anybody who does anything I don't like. Yeah, you do look like you're a shift supervisor at the Dollar General. <laughs> I mean, this week it was legs, wings, tri-tip with a jalapeno marinade that I got from Yulberg. It was out of control. Yulberg came bearing gifts of... Uh, Chris, I showed you the picture. The best one, I can't even talk about. But that no. picture of Jack holding my present from Yulberg? Yep. Tell me that isn't... Like, that's going in a frame. Yeah, I guess it is. And then Greg Thompson of Cover One. His cousin was home from the military and he sat with us. He came to the tailgate, and I think I can speak for everybody involved, that it was one of the, just, it was a good day from start to finish. One of the better days of Bill's football we've had in a long time. From the weather to the game itself to the tailgate atmosphere. <sighs> To me, like, it's all just, this is what we're about. And so for any of those of you who are out there listening to this, who venture to Buffalo, and you, I don't know, maybe you think you're imposing. I want you people to come out and just see what we do for an afternoon. It's like Roswell Cancer Institute. Spend one day with us. Just spend one day with the Rock Pile Report telling I promise you, you're going to view Everything here differently. Ugh, God. It was such a good day. It was just such a good day from start to finish. Chris, I really can't wait till you can be back in the stands with us. Uh, yeah, we'll see uh, next year how that plays out. Is there is there hope? Is there stuff on the is there stuff on the horizon? No, there's always hope. I'll have vacation to use, but I mean there's other things that go into it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to find out what you're alluding to, but let's let's just get into the game recap. First of all, Cam Newton still stinks. <laughs> it's not it's not the uh it's not the most poignant commentary, but he sucks. Chris, rewatching that game, was there any point in that game where Cam Newton threatened to take the game over? No. He has, no. He's of no threat on the field, off the field, or the way he dresses. Well, he's not a threat to you. I mean, I know you fancy yourself as a fashionista. Yeah, I'm well. I'm way better dressed than he is. <laughs> he has a team. Dude, he paid for his own font on social media. 
I still, I, I to, to this day, I have a screenshot of it. I have to go look at it. I don't know who sent it to us on Twitter, but we ran a caption contest for Wise Guys gift cards. And the kid who won submitted that it was Cam Newton getting vaccinated. He showed up for his, like, uh, uh, whatever, at the New England Patriots facility. He showed up for his testing, and he was wearing a black and white striped romper with a slash hat, like slash the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. And somebody commented, they were like, he looks like he's about to pull an accordion out of the back of that SUV and play Hey Ya. And I don't know why, but it stuck with me for years. He's a clown. He's a court jester. He's no longer a quarterback. And I think that this game underscores that better than anything else. He's a terrible passer of the football. He was last year. He was this year, even in the games the Panthers won, that big game. Do you remember what, what big of a deal they made? When Cam Newton led them to victory over this over the Cardinals, yeah. Oh, I'm back! I'm back! Yeah, are you Cam? Because it turns out you suck. What you get a better picture of that when you look at the early downs for Carolina. On twelve different occasions, on first and second down, the Panthers gained. Th- uh, they gained three or fewer yards while attempting to run the ball. That tells you that nobody respects Cam, right? Nope. And it also gives a little bit of credence to the job that our defensive line did. I, They really did a good job of holding him and the entire Carolina attack down. First and second down, three or fewer yards, 12 times. Considering the speed of their running backs and the fact that rushing ability is the only thing Cam has left, it's his most prominent weapon now. I was impressed. On six of those 12 occasions, the Panthers actually posted negative yards or zero yards, the majority of which then led to third and medium, third and long, opportunities for our team to get off the field. When you take into account that while eating clock because of the nature of their attack, they couldn't convert any of their longest drives into points? That's a win for our football team. I mean, maybe having a kicker would have changed that, but probably not. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. When I think about what their kicker did in the game, People are like, oh, the Bills, they only won because their kicker got hurt. Here's how it happened. We showed up early to the game because I knew Yulberg and his wife wanted to see kickoff. Justin, Greg's Greg's cousin, I'm like, listen, we got to get in here so we can see kickoff. So we get in, we're in the seats, and we're sitting there, and some lady behind us goes, is it normal for that many people to be trying to kick field goals during warm-ups? And that's when I kind of turn and look at the field and I see that there's four guys who are all trying their hand at kicking a field goal and all of them are failing. Is that doing it? Are they, were they doing it at our end of the stadium? Our end of the field. All right. So I see it and I go, well, that guy has an, his, that, his number starts with an eight, which means he's a wide receiver. Uh, that guy looks like a backup offensive lineman. Obviously he sucks. What's happening here? And then I kind of let it go. I didn't think about it again. I was like, well, that's weird. But again, Chris. Too much alcohol to put it together. Maybe Gonzalez got injured during warm-ups. 
Well, so then, no, it didn't dawn on me until the second drive where they went for it on fourth down. And I was like, oh, they must really believe that the game, like, right now, we got to go. We got to win this game. We're going to put the Bills in a bad spot. And they didn't make it. And I was like, well, why wouldn't you just kick a field goal there? So then I get on Twitter to complain about something else. And I realized they don't have a kicker. And it just changed my whole attitude towards this game. You came into this with no, there's no time to pivot. What do you do? You, you try your punter. He sucked. You tried some offensive linemen and wide receivers. They sucked. What's the alternative, Chris? Go for it on every fourth down. It's amazing that your punter couldn't. Was your punter doing it during the game? No, Lackland Edwards sucked. He was terrible. Yeah, that's... If you punt, you should be able to kick a field goal. At least a 30-yarder. An average... An, ec- an extra point length field goal. And for people out there who are like, whoa, this game would have been different if they had had a kicker. Maybe. But probably not because the only time they on the fourth downs that they went for it, like maybe they wouldn't have gone for it on that fourth down. You know what they would have done? They would have fucking punted because they were only in field legitimate field goal range for Gonzalez twice. And it was late in the game. When they were already trailing by multiple scores, those field goals would not have helped them. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that narrative that oh, well, if they did, you know, the Bills got lucky because the kicker got hurt. No, Matt Rule thought that he's smarter than he is, and he said, "Well, this is a perfect excuse for me to not pull the trigger on punting the football." And they still lost. They still gave it up on downs three times. That's embarrassing. Chris, how many times would you go for it and fail and then keep going for it? I don't know. Ask Brandon Staley. (laughs) (laughs) But if there's anything I took away from this thing. Now, there's plenty of breakdowns out there that will involve a lot of X's and O's. People will tell you how great Josh Allen was because he was. Josh Allen played a really good game for having a really terrible completion percentage. Early on, the, the, the fluctuation in our offensive line got to him. And you could see it happen. But then as you went on, you saw him start to adapt. And he said, okay, this is what my protection is. This is this guy's doing his job. I don't know about that guy. But it doesn't matter because I'm going to drift and I'm going to float and I'm going to buy time. I'm going to drop back. I'm going to drop back maybe farther than I should and then deliver a, what a, deliver a strike somewhere. <sighs> That's probably the story of the game. But what I liked was that you saw some fresh faces stepping to the forefront of this thing to kind of take the reins of this game. They all played prominent roles with varying degrees of success. And I think that it's important that we talk about it. First of all, Boogie Basham. Chris, Boogie Basham. He played? Season high snap percentage, 47%. And he had a lot of early down success. He was instrumental collecting three of those less than three yard stops by himself. And when he wasn't, he was freeing up our linebackers to operate in space. He looked every bit the part of a very physical defensive end. Now, he didn't have the spark or the juice that you, you, Chris, we see all the elite defensive ends. He's never going to be that, or at least he wasn't it now. But one of the things that I see is that it kind of goes back to our conversation over the summer. 
with John Fina when we were at O'Neill's Bar. Do you remember that? Oh, well, we did a show at O'Neill's with John Fina? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. He alluded to this idea that Basham's skill set was actually more impressive to him and more intimidating as an offensive lineman, and it carried over better to the NFL than that of uh, Greg yeah, Russo. Greg Rousseau. He talked about A.J. Epinesa. He talked about a bunch of guys. He played the highest snap count of his of his entire season, and he gave us great downs. He looked intimidating. He was having his way with the offensive tackles and offensive guards that he was dealing with. That's what you want to see from a rookie who's been inactive for half the season. This is only the sixth game he's seen snaps in. I feel like at this point he's been a forgotten man, but there's talent there. It's obvious. We saw it on Sunday. And I think it's important that they got they got him involved now ahead of New England. Get his toes wet, especially now with the news that AJ Epines is on the COVID list. I think that that's more important than ever that he got that taste of starting experience and actually did well, held his own. Another guy, another defensive end, F.A. Obata. He made impact plays in just a, a really significant limited number of snaps. He only played 18 snaps, 24% of the entire game. Two sacks, a tackle for a loss. Obata was used more situationally than Basham. Basham was used as like a replacement starter for Epinesa. But they started sprinkling Obata in. And it's interesting when you look at the timing of his production. First quarter, third and nine. He brings down Chuba Hubbard on a one-yard screen pass to force a punt, which illustrates the fact that he can get off blocks, he can diagnose a play quickly, and he can get out into space and react laterally. You want that from your defensive ends. A.G. Epinesa hasn't given us that. But F.A. Obata steps in and goes, hey, it's a, it's a long-distance play, which seemed to be the theme of the day. Anytime it was second and long, third and long, you saw F.A. Obata on the field. Well, in that instance, he plays the run perfectly. He just diagnoses, says, hey, I can get out there in space and tackle that kid. We're done here. Then in the fourth quarter, the Panthers are trailing by 10, but they're on the Buffalo half of the field, and they're putting together what looks like a long, churning drive, which is what they've been doing all game. Maybe they're going to score on this one. Second and 10, F.A. Obata blows around the corner and gets a sack. Well, actually, no, that, that one, he fought through traffic to get it. Hand fought his way through traffic, gets the sack on Cam Newton. They decide to go for it on fourth and 10. Because in the next play, they make up the eight yards that they lost in the previous one. Now it's fourth and ten, and they say, okay, well, we're going again. And F.A. Obata comes back like, hey, I thought I told you to stay down. And sacks him again for another eight-yard loss. This time coming around the left end, almost untouched. It was crazy. I mean, I'm standing in the I'm standing in the bleachers with Yulberg, and we're questioning like, who the hell got that sack? We're looking at his jersey number, and we're looking at screens, looking to see like maybe they're going to broadcast it somewhere. 
F.A. Obata, we're so unfamiliar with seeing his jersey number that we don't know. When he makes these splash plays, we standing in the stands don't even know who the hell he is. And yet when you look at it, in that instance, so we shut them down. They turn it over on downs. The Bills go on to score in the ensuing drive because they gave us solid field position. And the game is essentially over. All of these are timely plays, heady plays. It, it, it kind of speaks to the fact that he understands the urgency of the moment. He's a big physical dude. He's a freak. He's also kind of, I don't want to, to quote John Bon Jovi, who's hated by Bills fans everywhere. He's living on a prayer. He got his trial. He's one of those uh, pathway players. He came from England. Yep. By way of uh, Africa. Africa to England to the U.S. But he became a starter. You know, everyone talks about our running back. Uh, what's Christian Wade. The Christian Wade fan club. F.A. Obata actually ground out a role for himself in the Carolina Panthers. Got on the field. Started making plays. He's most notable from that uh, play, his play against the Kansas City Chiefs last year. But so when you're thinking about it like that, this guy has been killing himself just to have a chance. And the Bills sent him in free agency and say, listen, we, we might be able to have this. We, we might get this. He finally gets an opportunity to get some meaningful snaps on impact downs, and he's out there flashing. It also looks really bad for A.J. Epinesa, doesn't it? Yeah. And whether it's because of injury or just plain ineffectiveness, Epinesa might need to be sidelined for a while. In his last three outings, he's logged a rotational starter share of the snaps, 35 to 40%. And the results have been nothing special. He is half a sack on the season. Meanwhile, the guys who have been languishing behind him on the depth chart have been just just showed what they can do if they were given a chance. They had a really solid outing. I feel like they deserve a longer look, and I almost feel like there's more here, Chris. There's more meat on the bone to what they can provide us if they ever get the chance. Maybe this needs to be. I mean, Chris, think back to the game where our defensive line did their best work. Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Okay. Russo was a stud in that game. I don't, think, ro- I don't think I've heard his name since. They rotated nine. They rotated nine guys. That tells you that these guys all need to be kept fresh if they're going to be good. None of them are high ceiling guys. There's no J.J. Watt. There's no T.J. Watt. There's no uh, 100 Watt. There's nothing. But what you have is a group of guys who are all solid. And if you can keep them fresh for four quarters, when it matters, guys like F.A. Obato will come in on those downs and make plays for you. But you got to have them active. you got to have them involved. you got to get them into the game. I feel like this approach that our team has taken, Chris, we know that they like to rotate the defensive line like crazy. Maybe a bigger rotation needs to be taken into account. Because you have guys who are making splash plays outside of the ones you've been allocating most of your stuff to. Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, they're not accomplishing a lot. Maybe they're freeing up other guys to make plays. I don't know. What I see is a bunch of guys who are, like, think about it. Jerry Hughes overruns Tom Brady in that Tampa game. And he runs for a 12-yard first down. 
That's what I see. And then I look at guys like Basham and I look at guys like Obata and I say, these guys are young. They're hungry. They have a reason to compete with a little fire and you're seeing it out there in their production. They need a bigger shot. Bill's football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Bill's tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. Visit TickPick.com slash Rockpile to save $10 on your first order of Bill's Tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This game was a referendum on all of the guys that we haven't gotten to see a ton of and we wanted to. Some for better, some for worse. But the best of all of them ends up being the hero of the game this week, and that's wide receiver Gabe Davis. Do you know who the real heroes are? The guys who wake up every morning and go into their normal jobs and get a distress call from the commissioner and take off their glasses and change into capes and fly around fighting crime. It's crazy to me that he entered this game playing virtually no snaps by comparison to last year. No. It's almost like he had too good of a season last year, and then now they all of a sudden they don't trust him. Well, and that doesn't even make any sense. Like, what, I, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this Gabe Davis enigma. Because if I were to pull him up on profootballreference.com, if I go over here and I click on Gabe Davis and I look at this, he played 51% of the snaps the first week. We lost. From there, he's kind of languished. Some weeks he's 20%, some weeks he's 50 but he only has three. T- but look at this. Against the Jets, three targets, three receptions, 105 yards. He played 50%. <laughs> he played 50% of the snaps. Got three targets, caught all of them for 105 yards. Immediately went back to the bench. He was four of two in the next game. You know, it, three of two, four of two. They're giving him 28%, 25% of snaps. Chris, what is it that they don't like about this guy? You know, I'm not a chemist, 
But it seems like Gabe Davis is a solid number two option to Stefan Diggs. For Josh Allen. Yeah. He's a solid number two. And I'll tell you why, because here's what I saw. When you go back and you rewatch, you can go to BuffaloBills.com and they have a condensed video. Every catch Gabe Davis had in that game. Here's what I see when I look at this kid. He comes out, okay, first and foremost, he comes out and he the game is still kind of up in the air. Okay. Gabe Davis makes a big catch. Makes a big catch. And you go, okay, there's Gabe. First down. That was timely. It was on third down. I appreciate that. You you look at how he made his catches in this game, Chris. 2.6 average yards of separation. That puts him in the bottom 20th of all NFL wide receivers for the week. And he put up one of the best stat lines of any of them. Arguably the best. If you had him in daily fantasy or fantasy football, he won you a fortune because he cost you nothing. Because nobody thinks this kid can do anything. One of my favorite plays of his, because he put everything on display in this game. I mean, Chris, there's the, okay, so there's the timely first down catch earlier in the game. They're driving to try to get a field goal before halftime. And he does the same thing he did in the Colts game in the playoffs last year. Comes across the field, Josh Allen lays it out, throws it where only his guy can get it, and Gabe Davis at 6'4 with his reach. Toe taps. Toe taps. Toe taps. Bop, bop, bop. Gets out of bounds. With 40 seconds left on the clock, you're now outside the 40. It only takes a couple plays to get into field goal range. You kick one. Now you're 17, what, 17-7 going into halftime? 17-8. Yeah. 17-8. 17-8, which, by the way, has never happened before in an NFL game. At yeah, halftime. my wife actually said that to me. Yeah. I remember her coming up to me all proud, like, you know, that's never happened. That's before. gonna, that stat is gonna be one of those like dumb things that I just remember for the rest of time. Like, I could just picture like Jessica saying to me, "When's my mom's birthday?" I don't know, but I do know that Buffalo played Carolina to a seventeen-eight halftime score, which is the first time that ever happened. And then she'd be like, "How and why do you know that?" It's just important information that has to be stored in my brain. Your mom's birthday? Not so much. <laughs> and everyone, everyone's wowed by the touchdown catch that he gets in traffic, right? Yeah. And that's impressive because it shows that he has hands. I'm more impressed by the play before that to set up the touchdown throw. It's on third and 12. Josh Allen drops back. He's looking for somebody. He's buying time. He's kind of waiting around. He's, he's looking. The line's giving him time. He whips this ball. And you watch Gabe Davis come up the route, up the up the hashes, and then break it off so hard. Actually, he's running up the numbers. And he, he snaps his route off so hard that he loses the cornerback, cuts across the guy's face across from him. That guy doesn't know what to do. Allen puts this ball on him. As L, Chris, Ellen is a rocket arm. Obviously, that's what he'd do. So he fires this thing in there. If it's a better place ball, he runs for an extra twenty yards. He only he only managed fifteen yards after the catch. But that's the only yards after the catch we got in this game. 
Like, that's it. That's the only significant yards after the catch play that we made all day was because Gabe Davis goes, hey, listen, I'm big, I'm physical, my catch radius, fucking put it on me. I'll catch it awkwardly and just run. Fuck these guys. They're smaller than me. It was incredibly impressive to watch him operate. Because now I look at it and I put him up against Emmanuel Sanders and I wonder, what is he not Like, what does Sanders do that Gabe Davis doesn't? Why is he being marginalized in this offense? That's a question we all have to ask. It's a question McDermott should be asking, especially after this game. Then there's our zero of the week. And that goes to, I hated to do this, but right tackle, and now I have to say sometimes left tackle, Spencer Brown. I'm kind of frustrated with this one. If you're the Buffalo Bills, you come into 2021 with a newly extended right tackle. Help me understand this. A newly extended right tackle, and then because your offensive guard situation is so bad, you benched your early season starter and made your right tackle play right guard. You had no experienced backup option to step in, so you have to plug a rookie into that role. You're forced to put Spencer Brown on the field. And I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. He's not terrible, but the kid's learning. I mean, we saw the Shaq Barrett sack against Tampa Bay. He still has things to learn because he got fooled off the line and Shaq just burned him for a sack. Never touched. This game clearly taught us that Spencer Brown should only be a right tackle. He has athletic chops, but it's clearly a learning process. Then your starting left tackle goes down, and once again, you have no legitimate answer other than to, once again, shuffle players like a goddamn Chinese fire drill over here on the offensive line. So now you've got more guys playing out of position. You've got more guys inserted to the offensive line. You brought Cody Ford back. At this point... I'm shocked that he hasn't been kicked out of the city. And you brought him back. You put him on your line. I mean, Chris, you've got a first-time left tackle against two of the NFL's better pass rushers. We talked about it with uh, Den. Reddick and Burns have combined for 18 and a half sacks. Good. They're going to be competing. He's going to compete with them. For four quarters, out of position, doing something he hasn't done at the pro level. I did notice them watching the condensed version of the game. Burns and Reddick did did stand out. Oh, of course they did, because you have a rookie trying to hold serve against guys who have been doing this at a high level for a while. Meanwhile, you shove your right guard back out to right tackle. You bring back the guy who everyone knows sucks. And you expect all of that to work in concert while trying to conduct a downfield passing attack with no quick game. Great. Wonder. Chris, can I hear the, can I hear the, the uh, zero of the week drop again? Oh, you need the, the zero? Yep. Fucking embarrassing! That's what those first three drives for the Buffalo Bills were. Embarrassing. Painfully so. I tweeted a picture of uh, whatever his name is from Thank You for Smoking. Who's that actor? Aaron something. I know who that is. He was Harvey Dent in the Batman movies. 
All I know is I tweeted out a meme of him and he's just yelling, it all sucks. <laughs> Talking about our offensive line. Aaron Eckhart. Yep. Yeah, there we go. It's That's the way this made me feel, but it's not Spencer Brown's fault. That's the, that's the thing that frustrates me having to put him in this position. The techniques are not the same playing left tackle to right tackle. I mean, if you don't believe me, go listen to the off tackle with John Fina on Monday nights over at Buffalo, Fina- Buffalo Rumblings. Go check it out. He will walk you through what playing offensive line is like and the things that you can't expect, the things that you should, the things you shouldn't, the things you shouldn't expect, or that you coaches shouldn't put on guys' plates because it's not natural for them to execute at a high level. Or what happens when you switch from left tackle to right tackle, or vice versa. I mean, Brown had his worst day as an NFL offensive lineman. One of the lowest pass blocking grades in the NFL for any offensive tackle this week. Three hurries, two pressures, one quarterback hit. One of the two that Allen took on the day. I'm sorry, but the foundation of this offense was Josh Allen throwing the football. If you genuinely believed in that, then I, Chris, I think you'd make some better investments in the offensive line. Not asking a rookie to just, hey, we have a problem. Hey, Rook, go fix that. So I don't, he's the zero, but I don't blame him. I blame our coaching staff. I blame our front office. I blame all of the situations that have conspired to result in Spencer Brown being our left tackle against a team with two premium pass rushers. That's their fault. <sighs> but we won the game. Chris, your final thoughts? Won the game. One step closer to the playoffs, allegedly. Next week's going to be uh, pretty, pretty big. Can you hand me a fresh beer out of the fridge here? Absolutely. All right. So, first of all, it's always good to see Cam Newton lose. Always good. I'll never forgive him for what he did to Alabama on uh, the day after Thanksgiving, a handful of years ago. Uh, Greg McElroy was our quarterback. It was it was embarrassing. It was a shit show. We had him down by twenty something points. He storms back, wins, shushes everybody, goes on to win a national title, and then we find out that he's uh, he, him and his family is getting paid. Allegedly, alleged. Yeah, his dad was kicked off campus, and yeah, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly my ass, allegedly, scam Newton forever. As he will forever be known. Beating him or watching him lose, it's always fun. It's always fun for me because I'm a petty son of a bitch. Also, what was fun from this game was the way the game ended. Because Greg's cousin, while he was in the stands with us, was calling out the fact that Cam Newton hadn't thrown a pick all day yet. And he was due. He was due for one. Now, Chris, we we talked about it last year in the preview. Uh, Last year. Jesus Christ. Last week. Cam Newton's a perfect three for entering this game was three for three in touchdown passes. Touchdown to interception ratio. Everything has to be balanced, right? So he threw a touchdown, which means there had to be a corresponding pick. And of all people to throw it to, how do you not see AJ Klein? (laughs) Oh, I remember. uh, It's one of the easiest bits. Did you rewatch the game? Yes. Uh,. Uh, who was it? It was Vilma. Was on the was the analyst. You could hear him like under his breath go, "Oh no, oh no!" Before Klein <laughs> even caught the ball, goes, "Oh no!" 
Oh, no. Oh, no, because even he knew. He goes, that's a shit. Yeah. That's a shit decision. And it's always a plus when you're talking about not only one of the season's best tailgates, but then one of our best days of football, point blank and period, to go along with it. This might have been almost better than Houston because I wasn't, it was cold, but I wasn't soaking wet at the end of it. The Bills, knowing what was at stake, relied on some new faces for some incredibly prominent roles. Some of them didn't go as planned, but some dominated a football game where losing wasn't an option. And in the process, I think this team might have just discovered some shades of things that either won't work, so you know not to do them again in the future, but also things that if if we can get healthy and get right, maybe now this coaching staff has a better understanding of the fact that, like Gabe Davis, maybe Gabe Davis needs to be more involved. Stop marginalizing his kid because he's dynamic. Now, Chris... A guy who caught seven touchdowns last year, I wouldn't have thought that, that needed to be spelled out for anyone, right? Yeah. But sure, maybe the Bills are just slow to the take. Uh, F.A. Obata, you brought him in here for a reason. You kept him for a reason. I thought he'd be cut in training camp. He brings you versatility. He brings you the ability to get exotic and do different things all across the defensive line. He's coming off his biggest game, and now you're going up against the Patriots, where you're going to need all hands on deck. Wouldn't you like to know that your team learned a lesson in this? Oh, yeah. I just, I'd like to think that this game was a referendum for our coaching staff, that some of the guys you've been trusting with certain things maybe don't deserve it. And maybe some of the things that you've been shying away from you need to resurrect, or you need to find. Because if you don't, you will die on this hill. You will stagnate and you will die. I don't want that. I know they don't want it because their professional careers depend on it. Hopefully, this team shows going into New England next week that they can turn a new leaf. Give marginalized players like F.A. Obata some situational pass rush roles. After this, Chris, he's earned it, right? Yeah. Okay. Give him maybe, a shot. Maybe instead of Mario Addison, you need a little F.A. Obata. Maybe you need to get away from the guys that you, you're preferential towards. And Vernon you know, Butler. And they, oh, oh, my God. If I see Vernon Butler. If Vernon Butler makes the trip, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> Vernon Butler, you know what they should do, Chris? They should tell him, listen, we're all meeting at Greyhound. We're all meeting at Greyhound. We already bought you your tickets. Don't even look at him. Just get on the bus. And then they ship him to New Mexico. That's where he should be. I just, same thing with with Gabe Davis. I need this team to understand that even when you have Emmanuel Sanders back, this is the guy who can be an impact player for you. Even more so when there's people distracting defensive attention away. If you as an offensive coordinator can't find a way to utilize it, then maybe you shouldn't be here. Maybe you're the problem, not the players. I just I feel like this game was a referendum on so many different things for the Buffalo Bills. Not only for us as fans, watching players who don't get any playing time thrive, but also when we look at these coaches and we go, maybe maybe they should take something away from this, learn from this experience. If they don't, maybe you're not long for this staff. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how it plays out in New England this week. 
Tune in to our next podcast where we'll talk all about that contest with Joe Miller from Buffalo Rumblings. He's going to be joining us in studio, and we're going to be hosting our 7th annual Festivus celebration. The area of grievances, baby! Chris, how good does it feel to get some of that shit off your chest? Always feels good to get stuff off my chest. Hell yeah. That's Well, wait, didn't you have a therapist for a while? I, I've had a... I've been in therapy when separated from my ex-wife for about six months and then from the time i was 10 until i was like 23 what do you say to these people do you really just go in there and just stream consciousness just talk to them yeah you just talk to people how fucked up your brain is and why it works the way it does and why you think certain things is it how you've managed to become just so melancholy? Maybe. I feel like if I went in there, I w- that kind of energy. I always, when I went after uh, my ex-wife and I separated, that I would leave there like wanting to run through a wall. <laughs> I feel like I would leave there in handcuffs. No. <laughs> no, it's... No, I I'm a I will I'm a huge advocate for anybody going to therapy. All right, you might not be savable, but I think the rest of the, the rest of society might be. You know what that is? That's the narcissism. Yeah, but guess what? We all got to do it. And in that same way, we got to go to New England and play the New England Patriots. Hopefully, we can pull this one out. Tune into our preview show, and also. Guys, not for nothing. Check out Iman's barbecue sauces, Q42. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's Chris, I swear by it. Yeah. I oh. swear by this stuff. Also, if you guys uh, live in the sticks, and by sticks, I mean Ellicottville, we're going to be down at Finnerty's Tap Room on Sunday watching the game. Oh, yeah. So no. if you live in the area and you want to come out, anybody and watch, who wants to see a party, we're yeah. going to be at my buddy Bill Finnerty's bar. To wish him farewell, we're going to be watching this game, and hopefully they can win one for the Finster. Hopefully they can win one for the Finster. Chris, I'm all fired up. That's Chris Krueger, and this has been your Rock Pile Report. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.